Praise God. Ephesians this morning, the third chapter and verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably, everybody say immeasurably. Big word this morning. Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Sometimes I wonder, why don't we see greater things in people's lives? Why don't we see more miracles? Why don't we see more advancements in the kingdom of God? And I am convinced one of the big reasons is because people cannot imagine. They just cannot conceive of of what God can do in their lives. Too often we let our past dictate our future. We let our experiences set up our path that we'll take in the future. But I am determined, it always happened in my life, I refuse to let my past determine my future. Hallelujah. I'm letting God determine my future. I'm not worried about my past. I'm just pressing on. There's a movie uh, that uh, came out some years ago. It's called The Matrix. It's kind of a cool little movie. And uh, for the, how many of you have seen it? So, so much I got to explain. A few I got to explain to. But uh, the basic premise of the movie is um, these these machines have taken over the world and imprisoned mankind, and everybody's basically asleep in in little tubs or whatever. And uh, they, the machines keep us alive so that they we can our body chemistry and stuff will. We basically become batteries, you know, ever, ever ready batteries to run these machines. And uh, the machines discover that uh, the only way to keep these bodies alive, because they're so inactive, is to make their brains very active. So they created this c- computer simula- simulation, which is like life here. In other words, according to the movie, everything you're experiencing now is not really happening. It's all just part of a computer program. Anyway, in this movie, there are people who have discovered the lie and want to start fighting back against the machines. And in this particular uh, scene, it's a a very dramatic scene where um, uh, Morpheus, uh, the guy who's got all the inside track of what's really going on, meets with Neo, this new guy, and and he wants to ask him, do you really want to know the truth? Do you really want to see what's out there? And of course, Neo, Neo does. And uh, Morpheus says to him, he, he opens up these two pills. We gave you all pills when you can, actually they're jelly beans, but, uh, but, <laughs> but, but the red pill and the blue pill. And he says to them, if, if you take the blue pill, you just wake up and believe whatever you want to believe. But if you'll take the red pill, he says, I'll show you just how deep this rabbit hole goes. Talking about, uh, you know, how to really understand what's happening. And uh, anyway, I'm going to play a clip from the movie this morning to show you uh, what I'm talking about. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember... All I'm offering is the truth, nothing more.
makes this what makes this scene so powerful is that it basically addresses the struggle that all mankind must deal with and that is this do I want to truly see what is possible or do I want to play it safe do I take the blue pill and not risk anything or do I take the red pill and see what is truly possible and here's the thing and again why this is such an interesting scene is because most people without question take the blue pill most people do not want to risk failure do not want to risk making mistakes they would rather play it safe I was looking at some quotes this last uh, couple of weeks and uh, I found a few of them Leo Biscaglia said this he said the person who risks nothing does nothing has nothing is nothing and becomes nothing he may avoid suffering and sorrow but he simply cannot learn and feel and change and grow and love and live T.S. Eliot said this only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go so aren't you afraid of going too far I don't know how far that is yet we'll find out Theodore Roosevelt said this, I love this one. Far better it is to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checked by failure, than to rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much because they live in a gray twilight that knows not victory nor defeat. How sad is that? There are people their whole lives that try and surround themselves with safety. That which is familiar. That which is certain to them. Change just gives them the heebie-jeebies. Some of you, just the new change in the church with this crazy Puerto Rican pastor has you full of heebies and jeebies all over the place. Es claro. Boricua. Hey, we've got a few Puerto Ricans around here. This is kind of cool. Hay más gringos que Puerto Ricanos, but we'll work on that. All right? Anyway. What'd you say? None of your business. But, uh... <laughs> People who are so afraid to do anything. What if I make a mistake? What if I make a mistake? Pastor, what if you make a mistake? I just assume I will. <laughs> oh, man, who's afraid of... You know, life is like this for me. This is... Whoops. 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 But I keep moving forward. There are people who are so afraid of the whoops that they do nothing. They freeze. At least they can boast that they don't have any whoops. I don't have any whoops. Man, if you don't have any whoops, if you don't risk anything, if you don't step out and do something, you just do nothing. I don't want to be like that. Faith is not like that. 
faith is taking the red pill. Let's see what's possible. Now I was thinking about the story of Peter. And uh, he's in the boat with the other 11 guys. And they see Jesus coming, walking on the water. The Bible said they freaked out. They thought it was a ghost. You got to admit, it'd be a little freaky. If we're out on the bay someday and you see me skipping along the top of the water, I'd get a little freaked out too if I was you. But Peter thought to himself, what if I could do that? What if I could do that? And he said, Lord, if it's you, call me to come out with you. Jesus said, come on, big boy. And, and he gets out of the boat and he steps and he goes, whoa, check it out. Look at this. This is so cool. I mean, what does that got to feel like? Walking on the water and just bouncing up and down. And he's cruising over by Jesus. And then, and then the Bible says that all of a sudden he started seeing the waves and hearing the wind and everything in his body is yelling at him. You are an idiot. <laughs> you ever feel like that? <laughs> you ever start doing something? Every bit of common sense and he says, you're a moron. What are you doing? The Bible says he started to sink. Now that is the part of the story where most preachers focus on. There's probably been thousands of sermons preached about Peter. Peter got out there and he started walking on. But then he got his eyes off of Jesus. And he started to fail. And he started to fail. It was so sad that he started to fail. And we need to be careful that we don't fail. Oh, shut up. The guys we ought to be preaching against were the cats back in the boat. The 11 guys thinking, <laughs> I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that, man. There ain't no way. There ain't no way. And it's in back thinking, you, you can't do that. 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 I'm amazed at how many people constantly say to me, you can't do that. You can't do that. It's amazing because you do something, then they tell you you can't do it. Which by definition makes no sense. If I did it, how can I not do it? People say all to me, you can't. As I travel around the country, you can't travel around the country like you do, do and still preach, be a pastor. You can't do that. <laughs> what are you, an idiot? Of course I can do it. I've been doing it. Or oh, you can't do it. You can now, now with the bigger church, now the chorus of people. Well, now that you're in a bigger church, now you can't do that. Good night. Where's people of faith? Where's people of kind? Where are the people who encourage you in life? Who say, you can do it, Jack. You can go for it. Man, my mama was like that. She was all our life. She told us, you boys can do anything. You know why? No, mama, why? Because you're a gunger, that's why. Okay, mama, that's okay. And it took me 20, 30 years to figure out that didn't mean anything. (laughs) But you know what? You know what voice I constantly have in my head? You can do it. You can do it. God bless my mama. You can do it. You can do it. You know what's so sad? A lot of you, all your lives, you heard you can't do it. Some of your parents told you you can't do it. Some of your parents told you you're a loser. You're nothing but a loser. You've always been a loser. Your father was a loser. Your grandfather was a loser. Your father before him was a loser. You come from a whole family of losers. You're losers. It's no wonder you struggle in life. Good night. Don't do that to your kids. Be getting on them, telling them what they cannot do. You let those kids know they can do anything. Especially because they're people of faith. 
Gunger doesn't mean anything, but being a child of God means something. Let my failures dictate my future. I don't care about my failures. I just keep moving on. Why? Because there's this voice inside of my head that won't quit that says, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Hallelujah. Take the red pill, man. See what you can do. Peter starts sinking. He starts freaking out. Jesus said, don't worry about it. He pulls him back out. But then he's walking with Jesus on the water. He's still walking on the water. The other cats are still sitting in the boat. Doing nothing. Freaking out the whole time. They risk nothing. Kabir, my brother, how you doing? The easy thing to do in your life would have just been quiet and not try anything, wouldn't it? That would be the easiest thing. Man, this dude, can you imagine every time you go to work? 50,000 people watching every little thing you do. It's kind of hard to sleep on the job when that's happening. (laughs) Man. Guys like this succeed because they don't care. I'm going to risk failure. I might make a mistake. There's a lot of people that are so afraid of mistakes, they would risk nothing. They would try nothing. They would never get out there in front of that many people and try. Never, never. I would never do it. I never do it. That's your problem. You need to step out in faith. Trust God. Take the red pill. Real faith will always stretch you. Those who choose the blue pill will always say, we've never done that before. And then freeze and do nothing. The people who take the red pill say, we've never done that before. Let's do it. People are afraid. Things make them afraid. Change makes them afraid. And there's going to be change. There's not going to be huge changes around, but there's going to be change. Why? Because I'm here now. And I do things weirder, a little bit stranger. Some of you are just freaking out because I preached before the offering came. You still haven't been able to get past that. You you can't do that. You, You can't do that. Yes, I can. Don't freak out because there are changes. You're not going to die. Change is a beautiful thing. There's an old song goes. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. This is how it was written. Look at it in the old hymns. The chords don't change. I once was lost, except for right here. But now, whew, I found get back to safety. <laughs> was blind, but now I see. You ever been in a church who sings this hymn? That's what happened. You think, what's wrong with this song? That, that's the way it was written. But don't, don't change. Don't change. And then people come along and go... Amazing grace How sweet the sound What are you doing? You're changing the chords That saved a wretch Like me I was I was lost But now I found 
blind, but now I see. But you changed! You changed it! How can you change it? You, you can't change stuff! Some would argue it's the changes that make it better. I certainly would argue that. In fact, musicians, we refer to chords as changes. That's what we call them. The changes. So what are the changes? Let me know what the changes are. Guys come up with different uh, uh, you know, jazz players. All we need to know is what the changes are. We'll do the, the melody and then we're going to make up for everything else based on the changes. Just show me the... They just, most jazz players, they don't have notes in front of them. They got maybe the melody line and just all the changes. That's all they do. Everybody gets up and just grooves to the changes. Kind of however it hits them. It's improvisational. It's called faith. Reaching out. Seeing what's there. The blue pill says, I'm sorry, we can only play what's written. I'm sorry, you, you can't change that. It wasn't written that way. Oh, who cares? Change it up. Have a vision. Imagine. See stuff on the inside. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That's what this question is today. Can you imagine? Now people. I say, why is it important to, to imagine? Because if you can't see it on the inside, you'll never experience it on the outside. It'll never happen for you. There are people that are in crisis in their lives. Uh, you know, they've got, the doctor says they have cancer, or their child this, or, or the job that, or the finances this. And I always come to them and I ask them the question. I said, let me ask you a question. Can you imagine the answer? Can you, ima- can you picture yourself winning in this situation? 90% of the time, people look at me and go, no, I can't. That's why I need people to pray for me. That's why I need people to pray. You can get a hundred people praying for you. That's what a lot of people do. They think a bunch of people praying for them will overcome their unbelief. No. You can get on a prayer chain all across America. You need to get some faith for yourself. You need to start being able to imagine. If you cannot imagine your answer, how can you possibly believe God for a miracle? You have got to see it on the inside before you ever see it on the outside. A lot of people say, well, you know, it'd be great. It'd be great if, if, you know, it was like in Jesus' day where, you know, people were being raised from the dead and all kinds of stuff was happening. Then lots of people in, in Green Bay would get saved. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. They didn't believe it back in Jesus' day. Jesus had raised somebody from the dead. They still didn't believe it. Now, I don't know what kind of a cold heart you've got to have to see some dead guy hop up and go, hey, y'all. And not believe it. But they didn't believe it. Yeah, he wasn't dead that long. (laughs) He's just mostly dead. That's, That's what I love about the miracle with Lazarus in the tomb. That dude was dead for three days. You know, Jesus knew he was dead. And he waited, and he waited, and he waited. In fact, his friends got on him about it. Why are you waiting so long? Jesus said, because I'm tired of people being mostly dead. I want somebody who's really dead. (laughs) He was dead, dead. Three days in the tomb. Told him, I want you to remove the stone from the tomb. They said, oh, bad idea. (laughs) This dude reeks by now, man. It's like, he stinks. That's what the Bible says. I said, man, he stinks. 
You know, there, there's, there's miracles, then there's, you know, this is too much. He said, no, roll it away. And he calls out and says, Lazarus, come forth. And this guy dead for three days comes hopping out. And there were still people who didn't believe it. In fact, there were Pharisees witnessing it who ran back and started planning on how to kill him. Oh, if we just see miracles, we just see miracles like, you know, uh, like parting the Red Sea and manna falling from heaven and all these things. Then, then people would, no, no. No, they don't. Seeing it on the outside, see, doesn't give you faith. You've got to see it here. Not only did the heathens around the children of Israel not believe, the children of Israel themselves did not believe. And these were the people who were receiving the miracles. Check that out. Moses goes up in the mountain for 40 days a month to get the Ten Commandments. By the time he gets back, they had made a golden calf. And they are dancing around naked worshiping a cow. A cow. You know, maybe a dolphin or something with some personality, but a cow? Cows don't do nothing but be cows. And they're worshiping the cow. Praise the cow. Praise the cow. These were people who saw miracles you and I got to go to movies and watch. The recreations of to get an idea how it looked. We need Cecil B. DeMille to give us an insight. They saw it with their own eyes and worshiped a stupid cow. Why? Because seeing it here doesn't mean jack. You've got to see it here. You've got to see it on the inside. You've got to see it with the eye of faith. That's why Jesus said, whatsoever you desire, believe you have received it. Then you'll get it. What? Believe, see, believe you have received it. No, no, I believe I have received it after I received it. All right, that's what you ain't going to get Jack. You need to experience it on the inside first. That's faith. We've got to have vision. You need vision in your own life and we need vision as a congregation. We need to imagine. I imagine this church just being a place where people come by the thousands to experience Jesus. Not just to hear about Jesus. Not just to learn about Jesus. Not just to sing about Jesus. But to actually experience Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. I want to take our television program that's been playing here in northeastern Wisconsin. I want to, I want to take it and put it on some Christian satellites. I want, I want to take this thing all over the country and the world. All over the place. I don't want to come into a town and say, and they ask me, where are you from? I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm from Bayside. I said, well, where is that? I said, well, well, you know where the Green Bay Packers play? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I don't want that. I want Kabir to go into a town and people say, where are you from? And, and say, so, you know that place called Bayside? Oh, yeah, I know where that's at. <laughs> so you got big dreams. I do, man. <laughs> I just want to be a pain to the devil. I want to, and just, instead of just being a pain. <laughs> I can do that too. But uh, we're going to start campus churches. So what is that? These are churches that are connecting with us that basically become part of this one church and share in the vision, in the dream of what we're doing. In fact, the first campus church uh, we are adding uh, in November, it'll be the first campus church. It's the church where I just came from. We're turning that into a Bayside campus church. 
And uh, we're going to have... And the, and the way it works is they're going to have their own worship, their own prayer, their own campus pastor and stuff. But when it comes time for the sermon, at the top of the hour, they push a button, ding, and they're going to be connected via video. And they're going to see me as you're seeing and hearing me and preach and teach. And then they'll close their service out and stuff like that. We'll all share in the same thing. And I want that church and I want another church. I want churches all over the place. I just want to spread like a bad rash all over, <laughs> all over the Midwest. Irritate the devil. I got a vision, man. I, you know what I imagine? I imagine a, uh, an extension onto this building. Uh, I want to build a, a national marriage and family center. I want a place where couples come. I want people all over America who are in crisis and in trouble to fly into Green Bay, Wisconsin and come here and experience miracles in their families. That's what I want to see happen. I got all kinds of imaginings, all kinds of visions. And the only way you're going to get it, though, is you got to take the red pill. Quit being afraid. Don't be afraid of change. Don't be afraid of stepping out. Trust God to do bigger things than we've ever asked or imagined. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful thing. Um, we need you to get involved. Now, this morning, they have a ministry fair around the building. Uh, different ministries you can get involved in. We need you to get involved in these different ministries. I don't want a church just a bunch of people who sit there and stare at me. I want a bunch of people who sit there and stare at me and then get up and do something. So I say, amen, do something. <laughs> Far better it is to dare mighty things, win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to rank with those poor spirits. I love the way he says that. Rank with those. See, he pitied people who didn't try anything. Most people who try pity those who try and fail. You're pitying the wrong person. You need to look in the mirror. That's where the pity needs to go. You need to step out. Trust God. Do something you haven't done before. Now, faith requires trust. After you take the red pill... You have to look out for the Agent Smiths. Going back to the analogy of the Matrix movie. After he took the red pill, he became, became aware of these agents. They called them Agent Smith. And these agents would pop up all over the place. And they were out there to stop them. And it was interesting because these agents could become anybody. Anybody could turn into an Agent Smith. Sounds like the devil using people. Even Christians. I'm not talking about being possessed of the devils. I'm just talking about being used of the devil. You start fretting and questioning and being afraid and freaking out. That isn't Jesus using you. Agent Smith. That's the devil. I love these Agent Smiths. They're always questioning everything. Let me ask you, Mr. Anderson. What about this, Mr. Anderson? What about that, Mr. Anderson? The Agent Smiths are always questioning everything. They take the most logical, seemingly brain-dead things and pose them in a question that causes doubt. You know who did that in the Garden of Eden? The devil. The serpent comes to Eve and says, You know, God doesn't want you to know about evil. Does he? Of course he didn't. God didn't want him to know. 
But the devil comes along and takes the most obvious truth and just the way he... But what about... Why is that? Why is it that he doesn't want you to know about it? Well, have you thought about that? Somebody called the church the other day. They were all upset. What's the problem? He said, well, I met with somebody and they said that... The only reason the church was doing a a fundraising campaign right now is because they need the money. (laughs) Why is that, Mr. Anderson? (laughs) We need the money. Duh. (laughs) Yep. In fact, the reason we took an offering last week is because We needed the money. (laughs) Why is that? We just might take an offering at the end of this service. Why is that, Mr. Anderson? Always questioning stuff. Man, I have run into more Agent Smiths in the last three, four weeks than I thought were possible. Good night. Why are you coming to Green Bay? Why why is that, Mr. Anderson? You know a lot of pastors have left here. Why is that? I don't know. After last week's service, everybody left. Why is that? my best friends going to Green Bay really what's Pastor Arnie going to do well he's, he's leaving why is that <laughs> shut up Mr. Smith <laughs> if your name is Smith I'm not talking about you but I just <laughs> these agent Smiths they're everywhere just questioning everything posing everything in a form of a, of a question why is that Now, in the Matrix, they took guns out and shot those people. (laughs) Don't do that, okay? Don't, Don't shoot anybody. What do you do with them? I don't know, you know. You just smile at them and thank you and move on. Because I'm smiling the whole time thinking, you're an idiot. Good to see you. I was watching this movie, Click. Have you seen this movie? Where they can, you can freeze frame stuff. And, and he would get some, run into somebody really irritating. And he'd freeze frame it. And then he'd slap the snot out of him. And then, and then turn it back on. I wish I had one of those. Because I, I, could, I could really use that for some of the Smith agents that are coming around. Questioning everything all the time. They need the money. Yep, we do. We do. Good night. People just spend their whole lives stressing out about stupid stuff. Just refuse to do it. You know, we just need to say, I I just refuse to fret about stupid. We need to come up with a stupid pledge. (laughs) Y'all stand and raise your right hands to take the stupid pledge. I refuse to be stupid. Listen to stupid people talking about stupid stuff. Good night. (laughs) Man, let's serve God. Let's imagine. 
Let's believe. Let's have faith. Seriously, we need to think in ways we haven't thought before. A fresh new vision, fresh new ideas. I believe this church has barely scratched the surface of her potential. I'm telling you, there is potential in you guys. There is potential in you guys. We just need to unlock it. Unlock it. Get you thinking bigger. Quit worrying about your past. Well, I never did nothing. I never did nothing. I was, I was in a, where was I? <laughs> yesterday. I don't even know where I was at yesterday. <laughs> Ohio. Thank you. I was in Ohio yesterday and uh, at Rod Parsley's church, a great big church in Ohio. And uh, um, they kept introducing me as Dr. Gunger. Dr. Gunger is going to come at this time and talk to us about relationships. Wasn't that great what Dr. Gunger shared? Dr. Gunger is going to come back in a few minutes. I finally, I said, I said I'm, I'm not a doctor, man. I, I went to Nielsville High School. That's it. I graduated with a 4.0. Or was that an 0.4? I think it was closer to 0.4 to be honest with you. I don't let my past dictate my future. I don't let my failures and my mistakes determine who I am, where I'm going to be in life. I believe we can all do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So a lot of you need to get the word in you. You just need the Bible. You need to start thinking like God thinks about you. God thinks you are incredibly awesome. I have no idea why. But... <laughs> He does. He looks at you and just goes, I really like that person. I love that person. This person, good night. What this person can do is so totally awesome. God is an encourager. God calls those things which are not as though they were. Abraham, I'm going to talk about Abraham next week. Tune in. (laughs) Abraham, father of a multitude. Walking around, what's your name? Abraham. Oh, really? How many kids you got? None. They thought he was dumb. But God called him stuff he wasn't before. God came to, to, uh, to Gideon. Called him a mighty man of valor. Gideon, go, Gideon goes, who are you talking to? I'm a nothing. I'm a nobody. I'm a... God said, no, no, you're a mighty man. Why? Because God looked and he immediately sees the potential. Has to encourage Gideon. You're not a nothing. You're not a nobody. You're a somebody. You're going to save your nation. Comes to a jellyfish of a man named Peter. Simon. Calls him a rock. Calls him a rock. You read about this guy? He ain't much of a rock. He's more like jelly than a rock. But he eventually became a rock. How could he do that? Because he became what God was calling him before he ever became it. Jesus taught them this. We need to walk like that. We need to see what God is capable of doing in our personal lives and in the life of this church. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. I want us to all pray this prayer together. A prayer of commitment before God. And let's just make a determination. We are going to come with a fresh vision. Fresh concept. New ideas. We're going to trust God. We're not going to let the changes in the music freak us out. You see, the words always stay the same. It's just the changes. It's because the changes come in doesn't mean they change the words. It's the same church, same purpose, 
Same destiny. Just the chords start changing a little bit. That's okay. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Heavenly Father, we surrender to you this morning. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in our lives and in this church. Help us to walk by faith and not by fear. Use us in a way that will bring great glory to your name. I'd like you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never even taken the first step of asking Christ into your life. I want you to know something. He looks at you and he sees a beautiful future. Doesn't matter your mistakes, your sins, your faults, your failures. There's forgiveness in Jesus. He's ready and willing to wipe your slate clean and give you a new beginning. You say, but pastor, you don't know my mistakes. You don't know my past. You don't know what happened to me. I don't, but Jesus does. And on the cross... His shed blood makes it possible for all your sins to be forgiven. I'd like all of us to pray this prayer together. And if you've never prayed this prayer, if you will mean this from the bottom of your heart right now, Jesus can give you a new beginning. Let's pray this. Say, Heavenly Father, I freely choose Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Give me a new beginning. Forgive me of my sins. Through the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. You say, is it that easy?